Good morning and welcome. It's a Friday. We've made it through another week. Congratulations. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And this is where you make sure you have gotten your ducks in a row. You have your insurance. You have everything you're going to need just in case, at least financially, at 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. Yesterday, I got another look at the new site that's coming. We Hopeful things go right by the end of the month. So let's just say by June the 1st, we'll have a fresh new look. Uh, every The content's going to be the same, but but better. That's what I, so I guess it's not the same. It's going to be better because you're going to have more stuff from me uh, personally. Uh, my writings and my research that I do, you guys are going to get a firsthand look at that. Uh, we're also going to we're gonna be more phone-friendly. Uh, all of our social media outlets, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, where our, park, our podcast and all that, all that stuff's going to be there uh, super easy. And then, of course, all the great things that we always do, all the articles, all the videos, all the archives, all that stuff's all still there. So all the things that you love, uh, plus some new stuff, I think it's just going to be fantastic. Uh, that's coming here where uh, they, the guys think they're 10 days away from being ready uh, where I, I will say this yesterday we're really close it really I think it's going to look great and I, and I hope all of you really enjoy it and like it and uh, hey and besides more of me how could that ever be a bad thing so that's coming here uh, at the beginning of next month I'm going to tell you I'm so excited uh, you know I was sick started last Friday I'm going to tell you I still haven't recovered Still, just not something's just. I'm just not feeling quite right yet. I'm hoping uh, it, it'll eventually pass. But today is a, a day where we're going to have in the next segment. You're going to hear ten minutes from somebody that I think is one of the most brilliant, uh, eloquent, intelligent real people uh, that you'll ever meet. Uh, He is a financial guru. Uh, Some of you will know his name very, very well. Some of you will be like, I've never heard of this guy. Uh, His name is Nassim Taleb. He wrote, he was the author of The Black Swan. Uh, Probably, not probably, it is one of my most favorite, but I mean, you have G. Edward Griffin, the, the creature from Jekyll Island, Nassim, Nassim Taleb, uh, the Black Swan is, it's incredible. Uh, it really speaks to what it is that, that we do here, which is, hey, listen, there's, you have to understand what the risk is. And if you don't understand what the risk is, how can you be prepared? And and the the realities are all of these people that, that are highly intelligent people don't 
understand what the risk is. Taleb clearly does. He had some very insightful things to, to, to say about Donald Trump uh, and and really kind of cuts to, and he just has that ability where sometimes I'm just not able to quite get there, right? I don't have my my depth, my own intelligence is lacking, right? He seems to be able to get there. Uh, I think it's, it's, I wish it was longer, right? I wish they'd have him on. He doesn't do a lot of, he doesn't. He's a very private person. Uh, he's an extreme, well, like I said, he's an extremely, extremely intelligent. And talking about, and I've been saying this for, you know, they keep saying they fixed it, they fixed it, they fixed it, they fixed it. Right? And Wall Street acts like they fixed it because the realities are they know they didn't fix it. And, and, and I keep telling you, hey, listen, it's actually more dangerous today. And I know that's hard for people to understand. But I think when you hear Taleb today, I think it'll hopefully for some of you, uh, it'll make more sense. For for others of you, you'll be like, yeah, double, you're not that smart. This guy's let's <laughs> let's have this guy do the show, right? Nassim Taleb, he's coming up uh, in the next segment. Uh, for those of you that have never heard him or heard of him, I think you're going to love it. He and I will say this: he is very dry. He. He, he's not like me. He doesn't get excited. He's very, very he he doesn't he he doesn't mince words. He says exactly what it is that he wants to say, but he does it in a way that everybody can understand. And so he's coming up next. He was actually on Bloomberg yesterday. And and like I said, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't do a lot of TV. You see him very, very rarely. So I, I'm just super excited uh, to get his take on what's happening and all of the things that would have to, to go our way. Uh, that's all coming up next. We've had uh, James Bullard. For those of you that don't know that name, he is... Uh, one of the Fed governors. He's one of the, uh, what I'll say, the more important ones. He likes to be on TV a lot because he's a big deal. He had some, I don't know, maybe he started listening to this show because his remarks today, uh, very, very interesting. We've got both of those coming up. Don't touch that dial. Butter in the biscuit here on a Friday, the Patriot Radio News Hour. Nassim Taleb was on Bloomberg TV yesterday in a, in a just a really, I think, really good interview. Like I said, he's kind of dry, uh, not a lot of excitement, uh, but what he has to say when he, when, and I'm telling you this, when he talks, a lot of people pay attention to what he has to say. Uh, and here's uh, Ramon. Let's get going. Let's get it going. Here's Nassim Taleb yesterday on Bloomberg. I'm here with Nassim Taleb. We know him as the author of The Black Swan. I like to think of you, Nassim, as a trader turned philosopher. 
Thanks. This is a, you know, the problem is when you're a trader, you stay a trader. Regardless what always, you know. a, once a trader, always a trader. Always you're a, a risk trader. management guru. You're a contrarian. You're a number of things. Contrarian, contrarian doesn't mean take the opposite position. To no, what I people, know. Yeah, all right. Mean so, independent, you mean. So let's tap into some of that right now. Okay. You, like me, and everyone here, yeah. everyone anywhere, has been watching what's going on in the White House. And some people think of it as a train wreck. When you look at what's going on in the White House, when you look at what Donald Trump is doing and what he's saying, what do you see? Well, uh, first of all, you watch too much <laughs> news because I don't see a train wreck. Um, and I don't see particularly Donald Trump as anything different from other uh, politicians except in his language, okay? Uh, and, and Or perhaps uh, in, in the way he does things in the accelerated way. Why? You've got to remember that Donald Trump is a fellow who never had a supervisor in his life. No boss. No boss. So he doesn't know how to express things in a way that a supervisor okay, can understand. So you have to translate what he says and just focus on what he does and to see the things he's trying to do. What about firing the FBI director? What, what about all, concerns? What about concerns the over the signal I got? That maybe because I live in a different world. Maybe because I watch actions, not commentary. Uh, to me, the way he fired, the reason he fired Comey is because, in, probably in the mind of Trump, he doesn't collude with the Russians, and for him, it's a diversion. That's it. It's the opposite. In other words, the opposite of what most people think. Many yeah, people. I won't say about most. It, think about many it. people think Trump, he fired Comey because Trump Comey is, wouldn't stop exactly. Trump, probing the Russia ties or allegations. But Trump is not, you know, people think that Trump is not someone who is intelligent. Trump is not an idiot. He wouldn't be there if he didn't. He, there's something, there's a logic to Trump that you can only get if you forget about the news and then look at Trump as Trump. That's his behavior. He didn't do anything wrong. He may have, he may have violated a rule, but there's nothing, not the gravity that you may attribute to a uh, someone who's trying to cover up something. He's not trying to cover up. Something. So what happens then? This all this is this all works itself out. It's fine. I, I don't know, but I mean, we've had uh, many of those. We had that uh, paranoia about the Russians, but that's not what's happening now. A lot of things are happening that people aren't looking at, such as. Okay, so you got to look at the situation pre-Trump, and which way we're heading. There are a lot of things that Trump are, is, you know, came to do that mm -hmm. are substantial. The first one is, after 32 years, fixing the tax code. Okay, the tax code is, some, is, is exactly like something that's metastatic, right? It starts, uh, uh, codes bring codes, bring codes, bring codes, unless someone comes in with a Gordian knot, cuts the whole thing, and you need someone aggressive. Okay, Trump tax code. reform number one. Number two is, Obamacare is a disaster. It's a centralized system for 300 million Americans. We're not Canadians, all right? Canada is a small country. You cannot scale things up. You need to do it differently. So the, the point isn't whether you're depriving people you, or not. In other words, you support the effort to repeal Obamacare. To replace Obamacare with something more rational. Okay, so That's he wanted to cut one. taxes. He wanted to repeal Obamacare and replace Three. it. Third, we, the train wreck, the real train wreck is globalization. Globalization, and I mean, I wrote about it on the Black Swan, and everybody cheered, right? And now they're against it. Globalization leads to monoculture. I mean, unfettered globalization leads to a concentration of companies and winner-take-all effect. Okay. And, and I described. So he's it. the anti-globalist. 
not anti-globalist. He's fixing the system, all right? He's okay. making the system survive by fixing some of the things in the system that are not sustainable. That's the third point. Um, fourth point, uh, well, we have a, uh, a problem with what we call the pseudo-elite, right? These people... Um, and well, you've been written swelling about many times. Under many times, and last 10 years, uh, been swelling. I'm not just saying Obama, from before Obama, but of course accelerated greatly under Obama. A lot of people, uh, the pseudo-experts that in the black swan I describe as incapable mm -hmm. of finding a coconut on Coconut Island, but somehow because they have an Ivy League degree, they're given a position. And these people, these people you need to sort of like replace them with doers. And this is, we need that, okay? What you're saying, yeah. if, if I understand it correctly, is that yeah. you're supportive of the things that Trump has said he wants to do. Uh, of some of the things. Uh, okay. The fifth thing uh, I, uh, we're going to see later. And the number five, Trump came on a platform of non-interventionism. So we have five things. Now, of course... The foreign policy, in terms exactly, of foreign policy. Of, of course, I am pro-environment, but I am anti-metastatic uh, bureaucracy running, stuff like that, you see. So at least you need someone to fix a system. And you believe the system Trump is the guy to fix the system? Well, he's aggressive enough on this platform. Now, the problem is he may not deliver, and I'm very worried that point number five... Intervention is he may not deliver because that's not what I see from you know his recent actions. Yes, when you see the market sell off 400 yes. points, yes, as it did yesterday, yes, is that people coming to the same conclusion that he may not deliver? I think. Well, let me tell you one thing. First, the, 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 this is a blip. Okay, let, let's. Let, yesterday's problem, yesterday's sell off was a blip. A blip. I mean, look, since Trump is uh, you know is here, we had like uh, a substantial increase and in, around plus or minus ten percent. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't talk about a blip. The but there's a deeper problem, and let's talk about it now. The mistake and the thing I disagree with Trump is Trump came in, okay, bought the market on its highs. Unlike Obama bought a dip, as Mark Spitznagel said, Trump should disassociate uh, um, himself from the market. What you mean by because, this is when yeah. Obama, the market hit its low in March of 2009, exactly. only a couple of months after Obama took office. Exactly. So Obama had the market okay, on a cheap, all right? So the market went up. He can claim all the credits. Now, Trump is claiming credit on the market he's getting, okay, he's buying on its highs. So that's not rational. He should disengage himself from the market because he has inherited a very sick situation. Obama left us, had eight years of Novocaine, okay? So now we've had 2007, the crisis started, 10 years ago. In 10 years, okay, we are still dealing with a remedy. I mean, since what? If a patient goes to the hospital and 10 years later, you're still giving him, you know, you're still giving him no, I mean, uh, painkillers. Nassim, even, yes. if, even if someone were to agree with you, yeah. how does Trump disengage himself from the market? The he owns the market whether he likes it or not. Maybe, but he can explain, okay, he can explain, he could have explained, just coming in, he could explain that, listen, uh, uh, there are a lot of things that uh, uh, my predecessors have left me with that I don't agree with. And uh, if uh, the market collapses, uh, it's not bad. But claiming credit for that rise in the market makes them vulnerable to itself. I'm, I'm not, sure, I'm not you, sure the effort to try and explain worked so well for President Obama. President Obama inherited a situation, too. 
And he tried to say on a number of occasions, look what I was left with. And a lot of people weren't buying that argument. Maybe. But the guy the guy bought a dip and Trump bought the high. Plus, there's another problem. In, in, In my opinion, we have tail risk today we did not have before. And every day, every day it gets worse. We have... How bad is the tail risk today relative to where it was in 2007? 2007, it, it, like the market had already collapsed. Today, well, we have, no. We, we have, we, now today, you're going to come going back to 2007 and then start counting to, to, to look at the difference. It's worse? I, I think so, of course. Look at the valuations are higher. Uh, the risk, have, hang on a second. The risk of something calamitous happening is the financial today, markets is greater, greater today than it was in 2007. You're falling from higher. Because you've fallen from much higher. You see, you have a, a, a huge rise, considerable rise in the stock market that you may have to unwind. If that's Let's the case, it, the VIX, the, hang on a second. Yes. If that's the case, the VIX at 15, which is where it's at today, yeah, the, is the at the money cheap? VIX. The at-the-money VIX is not a good measure. It's a tail that's a good measure, okay? And, uh, I mean, I would buy the at-the-money VIX. You would engage in a tail hedging strategy. But I would what, what I would tell you today is that if you own stocks without a hedge... It's, it's not rational. And last time we were here, and actually the, the, mm-hmm. the penultimate time I was on TV, I don't like to go on TV, and I'm glad uh, you know we get along and we can do this. Uh, last time I was here, I explained to you the, my, my, my research. And if you are exposed to tail risks, then your alpha and your future returns are going to be divorced from the return of the market. See? So, and people don't realize that. It's like buying a house without insurance. You cannot really look at what's going to happen, you know, to your house by looking at the housing market unless you are hedged. That's that's my statement. That's my statement. Nassim Taleb. And, and, you know, really, when you break down what he said, you know, you, you think about the, the big five that Trump has to to accomplish. And really, you know, the fifth one's already kind of, it doesn't look like that's going to hold water. But then how can you achieve the other four? We're going to talk about that. Talked about how Trump is very much like a lot of the leaders, except his language. And by language, he he communicates differently. He communicates aggressively, which most people don't, uh, are are just focused on, they want to focus on that, and they don't want to focus in on the action. Now, I think he's, at least for me, the first guy to try to explain why it is that way. Hey, he's never had a boss. Right? So he doesn't know how, you know, that's a learned skill. Right When you don't have to answer to anybody for your actions, you tend to be what? A lot more outrageous with some of your remorse. So you have to judge them by the action. And I loved his comments about Comey. I think he's exactly right. Donald Trump hitting the... Come on. That didn't happen. It's not like he was calling the Russians, say, help me win this. That didn't happen. And it was bothering him, and he was like, dude, get rid of me. If you can't figure out that that didn't happen, you need to go. But the most important thing that he said was right at the end. 
And he didn't use my terms, but what he said was, you know, talking about, hey, Obama got the lows. Trump has the highs. And Taleb doesn't make comments like that unless, in other words, he's saying, listen, this is it. Trump's coming in at the top. I wish he wouldn't take credit for these things because it's going to backfire on him. But tail risk, if if you haven't read The Black Swan, read it. If you have, read it again. I actually got mine out. (laughs) Mine, by the way, it's in the bathroom here at Patriot. I I keep it in there. uh, But now it's in the studio. And the, the thing that he was talking about is if you own stock without a hedge, it's not rational. And and really when you and what stocks are and and this is the thing, it's that's debt. So any of you out there that own debt, if you own bonds, if you own CDs, mutual funds, you got an IRA or four oh one K or you're an e trader or whatever trade you know, whatever it is. And you don't have the hedge. And what he means by the hedge, hard assets, gold and silver, it's not rational. And things are actually what? <laughs> we got to farther the fall this time around. Or, well, I should say next time around. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Many of you have now heard of the tragic incident that occurred in Rockville, Maryland this spring. On March 16th, police say a 14-year-old girl, a freshman at Rockville High School, was forced into a boy's bathroom and raped by two male students, ages 17 and 18. They were arrested and charged with first-degree rape and two counts of first-degree sexual offense. As it turns out, these two male students are illegal immigrants who arrived in the U.S. from Guatemala and El Salvador within the last year. Both of them were caught by Border Patrol agents last fall, but neither faced an immigration hearing. Angry citizens across Maryland and the nation have demonstrated and continue to express their outrage at this horrific crime. Many, including Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, have renewed criticism of a bill being considered in the Maryland legislature. The new so-called Trust Act would stipulate that state and local law enforcement cannot ask people about their immigration status. This tragedy has brought to the forefront, once again, the question of why the United States has admitted more than 150,000 unaccompanied minors in the past three years, crowding our immigration courts and public schools. Fox News host Bill O'Reilly shed light on a different but equally disturbing side of this story. He slammed the mainstream media for largely ignoring this case, saying, ABC, NBC, CBS did not cover it on their nightly news broadcasts. CNN did not cover the Maryland story in primetime last night. Ditto MSNBC. That is beyond anything I have ever seen in my 40 years plus of journalism. We all know why, O'Reilly continued. Illegal immigration is a political issue. He accused the media of allowing the sanctuary city movement to pretty much run wild. Americans have had enough of illegal immigration. We know that many tragedies like the murder of Kate Steinel in 2015 and the brutal rape of this 14-year-old girl 
could have been prevented by securing our border and following our immigration laws. We urge President Trump and Attorney General Sessions to move quickly on immigration policy that defends Americans. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the cost of illegal immigration? It burdens our schools, hospitals, and social services. It opens the door to criminals, terrorists, and voter fraud. And it's unfair to those who came here legally. At PSEagles.com, we want to hear your thoughts on illegal immigration. Join the blog at PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. And let's be clear, Taleb is one of the most respected traders of all time. One of the things that I always liked about him is he, he has this incredible ability to put aside all the the distractions, the noise, and hone in on the actual action that's taken place. And then that, by looking at that action, he knows how to make sure he's protected and his clients are protected. You know, they called him a contrarian at the beginning of the interview. And he wanted to clarify, yes, but contrarian doesn't mean opposite. And that's kind of how I feel. Doesn't mean opposite. Yes, I know. Listen, I'm telling you, I know for a fact, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. And it's coming very soon. And Taleb kind of said that. I wish Trump would stop taking credit for the high stock prices and the good jobs number because he already knows. He knows already. Right? He almost was like, hey, I wish Trump would come out and tell everybody, Dude, the stock market is way overvalued. It's, it's, you know, and he did that a little bit. Remember when he was running, he was doing that. Because he goes, the top's here. But then let's talk about the five things. Tax code. The need for tax reform. Now, I wish Talib would give us what the tax reform should be, but he didn't. But he just said, you know, the system that we have now, codes leading to more codes, which brings on more codes, which brings on more codes. And, you know, no one can do taxes. you got to hire a professional. And, and all of these all of these exemptions and all of these things. Now, you know, we, we talked about how they're talking about getting going after your retirement, which I told you it's going to happen. If you go out onto our website today, there's a video clip talking about taxes. And at the very end, another thing they're talking about. Right now, if you have an employer that offers you health care, you pay tax after the health care taken out. Now they're talking about, we need to have to tax that as well. Listen, they need the revenue. So tax code. And, and then he talked about Obamacare. And this, Really, I'm having a hard time why anybody would be, it's, 
it's not it's blowing up. Do you know how many places is going to be down to just one choice? Which when you only have one choice, you really have no choice. But he loved I loved his example. We're not Canada. Canada's a tiny little country. What they are trying, what they, and everybody knows. And ask all, listen, especially here in Arizona, because Arizona's like South Canada. And you know Canadians. Ask them how good their health care is. Ask them. They come down here to get stuff done because they got to wait forever up there. It's unsustainable. It's bankrupting us. And that's just the bottom line. Globalization is the train wreck. And it and listen to what he said. It's created this winner take all. It's the mega, right? It's the it's the survival of the fittest. Anything that isn't huge gets wiped out. All the big all, all the small banks gone. Look at the retail industry, right? It's going to be just left, and there's only going to be a handful of players, and that's it, right? And he says it's just destroying everything. Pseudo-elite. Pseudo-elite. And this was the most important one, in my opinion, because these are the ones that are going to prevent all the others from happening. You know, the really smart people with the fancy degrees. And, you know, talking about the Federal Reserve, talking about Wall Street, talking about the bankers, talking about these politicians and the the pseudo-elite must be replaced with doers. See, and we've lost that. Nobody wants to do anymore. Everybody, we're now this nation of give me. Give me, give me, give me. Our website today, go out there. They're big, huge articles. Should government provide everybody a job that wants one? If you just say you want a job, we'll give you one, and, and no matter what. This is what's happened. These are the people that are trying to, to, to destroy us. These are the ones that are making one, two, and three almost impossible to get done. And then, of course, the last one was being a non-interventionist, which that doesn't seem to be happening. That's, that's for whatever reason, seems to be much harder to do then it appears to me. It appears to me like, I don't care about North Korea. I don't. If it's such a big problem that South Korea, China, and Japan deal with. The Middle East, I'm all for, let's get out. Those, those people are nuts. <laughs> I don't mean to lump it all in there, but come on, that's a no-win. But the pseudo-elite, and this is kind of what I've been saying for the last, or trying to say for the last few days. They are after him. And they are going to do everything in their power to ensure that it doesn't work. Create fake scandals, 
right? Leak bogus emails and do whatever it is they need to do. Focus on the language. Let's not talk about the actual actions and all of these things. And then, really, the most important part, what Taleb really is good at, maybe the best there's ever been, bottoms and tops. When he looks at it and how he does everything is he looks at the actions and he measures risk. And one of the things that, that he talked about Right was Obama got lucky and got the bottom. Trump's going to be unlucky and get the top. But really, none of those things matter. What really matters is what's the risk. And he essentially said all as they did, these pseudo-elites, was cover it up, and now we've got a bigger place to fall from. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Valuations are higher. And what valuations mean for those of you that don't know is somehow in the price discovery, which if you've ever heard me talk about price discovery, isn't broken, and the pseudo elite of the central banks deliberately broken. So true price discovery doesn't happen. And so when you when that breaks, when that system breaks, you get these valuations that don't make sense. And and valuation just simply means this is how much the company made or lost versus how many shares they have outstanding, right? Some call it a P.E. ratio. And how many times above, as, uh, and I'll give you an example. If there was, a company had 10 shares outstanding, just keep it simple, 10 shares outstanding, and they said they made a dollar a share. They'd have a P.E. ratio of 10, 10 to 1. If they had a dollar a share, but they they uh, so they had a, a ten to one ratio, but now they they made a dollar, or the, I'm sorry, they made fifty cents, but they still have ten shares. So the natural valuation would be five, but it's still priced. The stock is still priced at ten dollars. Now the valuation has gone to 20 to 1. So at the first example, they made a dollar a share. There were 10 shares outstanding. The stock price was 10 bucks, 10 to 1. They've got 10 shares. Now they've only made 50 cents a share, but the stock's still at $10. Now it's 20 to 1. And what Taleb is saying is all of the debt markets, all of them are overvalued or overpriced. And, and overpriced or overvalued compared to what 
history over the last several hundred years says it should be. In other words, we have this long, long, decades and centuries-long track history of what a normal valuation should be. And we're far above those. Which is why he said what they've done. Go back to 07, he said, and just add. He goes, now we're going to fall from somewhere even higher because the pseudo-elite have rigged this system. And it's unsustainable. He uses the word rational and non-rational a lot. Because I think he breaks it down into its simplest simplest concept of this is how we should look at these markets. He doesn't tell you, hey, don't buy stocks. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say don't have a 401k or an IRA. He doesn't say that either. He doesn't say don't buy a house. What he does say is you need to buy all of these things and make sure you are hedged properly you don't buy the house without any insurance because you uh, they they say the housing market's real good right now that doesn't mean anything as we all know and and he says the need to be hedged today is greater and this was really was astonishing to me he says it's greater now than it was 10 years ago. Which leads me to believe he doesn't think that Trump is going to be able to get done what he wants to get done and needs to get done. Not because I don't think Trump wants to do it. I don't think that's why. Because the political pseudo-elite engine is just that powerful. And it really kind of points that picture, at least for me, of somebody that really, uh, who's made his career doing this. And says, hey, listen, forget about all the, all the doubles emotion, right? Take that out of the equation. Right? Take out of the equation all of the language, all of the rhetoric. Okay, Forget about what Janet Yellen says. Forget about what Jamie Dimon says. Forget about what Double J says. Forget about it. Go and look at the actions and then determine what it is that needs to happen. And, and when you talk about what needs to happen, listen to what he, you know, what he said. Hey, we need a different tax code. This one don't work. We need money. Somebody's got to pay. Right now, they're hell-bent on making sure it's you and I. Don't be fooled. Obamacare's got to go. 
And that one, see, for me, that's going to, that's not going to fix any uh, any of the bigger things. But he knows how bad this thing gets. Wait a couple of years and then everybody's going to beg for it. This is the, the funny part. All of these people protesting these town halls and all, they have no clue. But then the big one, the globalization one. This has been the complete killer. We've given away all of this wealth in America, and I don't know that we can get it back. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on this Friday. Nothing to make me feel better than um, in a rare interview with Nassim Taleb. Uh, just really hope that that helps some of you understand what it is you're trying to prepare for. And, you know, when he makes comments like that, just understand, you know, he he doesn't have the time in 10 minutes to go into the details that I can go into. But he talks about valuations and Trump's at the top and you know, he almost wishes that Donald would go back to when he was campaigning and saying, hey, Wall Street, it's ridiculously priced. And, and, and he doesn't use those words, right? But again, one of the things, if you take anything away from Taleb, put the language aside and just look at the action. And the actions are clear. They just created a bigger bubble. You know, I think about the show I did the other day. Hey, the government added ten trillion in eight years. Uh, Wall Street added ten trillion of debt in eight years. The Fed, you know, uh, added four trillion of debt in the same eight years. And this is now you kind of get where Taleb's coming from. And then James Bullard. I told you I was going to get to it. I'm going to try to get to it as quickly as possible. Uh, talked about the where we are today he was in st louis giving a a speech and said that in his prepared speech the talk of an overheating economy was just that in other words language right yeah, people talked about it didn't actually happen financial market readings since the March decision have moved in the opposite direction of what would normally occur after a rate hike. In other words, things are slowing, not picking up. This may suggest that the FOMC contemplated policy rate path is overly aggressive relative to actual incoming data on the United States macroeconomic performance, citing that the data has been relatively weak on balance, and he said that economic growth is unlikely to move meaningful from this year, from the current trend, of about 2%. And again, even that 2% with a wink and a nod and and a seasonal adjustment here and a seasonal adjustment there. But these are the things, again, 
re-hedged. You need to be prepared. And the reason is simple, because it's rational. What is non-rational? Non-rational is believing you fixed a debt problem by doubling down on more debt. And really, we've doubled down, and we've doubled down again, and we've doubled down again. And, and make sure your head's before it goes bust. That's where we come in. Call us. I'm, re- I'm ready. You know what? I'm ready to wheel and deal today. Give me a call. Let's get something done. 800-951-0592. Everybody take care. Listen, have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Thank you.